Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hey, listener. Welcome to episode 12 of the Magnificently Huge podcast, where this week we continue our ongoing discussion about the film themes of one Mr. Kenny Loggins. This week we tackle the little-known movie from 1986 uh, you may or may not have heard of. It's called Top Gun, a little little film about uh, pilots and love and baby oil and volleyball. It's, uh, it's good. But we also talk about the soundtrack, the Nanupal selling soundtrack that's nine million copies a nanupal is nine million in case you weren't paying attention so we really delve deep into uh what makes top gun so great yet so infuriating all at the same time it's an american classic for a mind-boggling array of reasons and we tackle them all so uh if you're interested in that sort of thing then stick around because we're doing top gun this week if you like what you hear drop us a line at uh, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. We would really love to hear from you. Hate mail, suggestions, uh, recipes, uh, what have you. Just drop us a line. We'd love it. We may even read it on the air. I mean, what else have we got to lose? I mean, we love you guys. You can also hit us at Twitter, at MagHuge. So send us a tweet. Send us your tweets. We love tweets. You can hit us up on Facebook at MagnificentlyHuge. You know, like us, follow us, post to our page, whatever. I mean, we just want to hear from you guys. Head over to Stitcher, iTunes, any podcast purveyor of choice, and uh, rate us if they have a rating system. Five stars is good, unless ten stars is high, and then ten stars. I mean, you see where I'm going with this. We really just want to get your feedback, get your love, and uh, whatnot. So, uh, yeah, hit us up. Meantime, check us out. Episode 12, Logman Volume 2, Top Gun. All right. All right. Uh, welcome to uh, Magnificently Huge, the podcast, uh, episode 12, uh, Log Man, volume two, Top Gun. That's right. We're doing a sequel this week. I do not feel bad that I missed the first one. So we're totally just going to sit here and like talk about the coolest movie ever. <laughs> That's right. Eric has joined us from 1986. Uh, he's uh, a teenager all over again. Yeah, I... I was skateboarding and this guy walks up to me and I'm thinking he's a perv and I'm like, what are you doing, old man? But secretly I'm thinking, oh, thank God someone's going to pay attention to me now. And then he tells me that he's actually me from the future. And I started crying because like this guy was all old and gray and fat. And, and then he was like, no, I'm going to take you to the future. And I, I need you to talk about Top Gun, which you saw last week and thought was so cool. And I was like... Uh, all right, cool. And I was all happy. And then he took me to uh, his house in the future. And I was like, that's so cool. I have a house. Fuck yeah. And uh, and he's married. And he has a wife. And I was like, so that mean I have to have, get I get to have sex all the time. And I was all happy. And he s- explained what marriage was to me. And then I was all unhappy. <laughs> so Top Gun. Top Gun. Yeah, a little background on the show. Uh, but first, uh, this is Chris. And then over there is... This is Brian. And that's over... Eric. Yep. Uh, so this this came about because we decided that we were going to do uh, a whole thing related to the theme songs of Kenny Loggins uh, in the 80s cinema classics. And uh, we realized that it was way too much to do in one episode. Uh, so the first episode was Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone, the arm wrestling epic. Uh, and that went pretty well. So now we're just jumping the gun and we're going straight to the top, as it were. And uh, doing Top Gun. And like the coolest film ever. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's much to be said. Seriously. And we'll get into it. Uh, But there's already all of the the latent homoerotic thing going for this movie now. Huh? Um, Yeah, we'll tell you about it, Eric. It'll blow your mind, man. (laughs) It'll blow your mind. There is nobody straighter than Tom Cruise. So just, you know. (laughs) Okay. Whatever, dude. Whatever. Uh, So yeah, so we'll be doing Top Gun. And it's going to be amazing. We're going to take the highway to the danger zone. It'll take your breath away. Uh, just playing with the boys. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> so, 
So, but before that, does anybody? I think I think you should use that for all your transitions. Anytime you're going to do anything, just go. Well, no, I mean we'll get into it. But I, what we need to do is pick a song and then start it over and start it over and start it over. This is a Top Gun thing, but yeah, but 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 it's a movie full of motifs. Brian, use the correct term. Sure. But we can get into that in a moment. Does anybody have anything to share with the class this week in our little uh, segment? Here's the bump. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. That is fresh. I saw this cool movie this week called Heathers. You got to see it. (laughs) You're mixing up your years, man. I know. Eric's time travel is all over the fucking place. (laughs) Yeah, it's like uh, your your flux capacitor is fucking busted. Do I got the wrong movie? All right, fuck. Uh... I don't know. It's like you went from eighty, <laughs> you went from eighty six to eighty nine in like a blink of an eye. Oh, oh, I'm eighty six. Well, then that means I'm actually fifteen. Yeah. So this is this is all really okay. All right. Wait till you get to go to Catholic school. You're gonna love it. <laughs> oh, good lord! Jokes on you. I'm in Catholic school right now. It's it's horrible. Wah, wah. Um, <laughs> but I can't remember any movies I've seen in the last week or two. That because that's a long time ago. Uh, so you go, Brian. All right. Um, well, I've got a, I got a few things uh, rolling here. Um, so first of all, I did actually watch an episode of the Gong Show, which uh, Chris you had raised a couple weeks oh, back. I haven't watched it since that first episode, frankly. But uh, good on, good on you. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's the Gong Show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right? Like it's it's very much the Gong Show you remember from the seventies and. Mike Myers seems to be having more fun than than you've seen him have in decades. So yeah, I can't it's, really. It's very weird. Uh, but what's <laughs> weirder to me is that it's actually followed by they're still doing the uh, the Battle of the Network the, Stars, the Battle of the Network Stars. But I don't I don't know who any of these people are. It's weird. Well, like some of them were like you know whatever Ted McGinley was was on. Um, but I hear I, he he pulled cares? a hammy. I hear. I have no I idea. Know. I saw the credits. It was like, but, I don't know. Um, Jack A. Jack A. Was here's in. the weird. Uh, here's the weird uh, thing for me. This connects to the movie I saw this week. So the two the judges this week on the Gong Show uh, were uh, oh god, what's the girl from the first Transformers movie? I already don't remember her name. Megan Fox. Uh, Megan Fox. Her, Megan Fox. I don't know why I know that, but Megan Fox. Because you love the Transformers, you fifteen year old douche. <laughs> megan fox andy sandberg and maya rudolph were the judges and it just so happens that the movie i watched this week was pop star never stop never stopping which is the lonely island movie starring andy sandberg oh god uh it it will remind uh young eric uh of spinal tap only for the future and worse. Right. It's, like, it's basically, yeah, the future when, when everything is truly horrible. Well, let me just put it this way. I just found out that in the future, there's Battle of the Network Stars and the Gong Show. Fuck you. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and they're still making Star Wars. Yeah. And, and Star Trek has been rebooted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again. And, uh, yeah. and Donald Trump is president. Suck on it. Uh, ha, ha, yep. ha, ha. Fuck you! Not gonna happen. That's crazy. That's yeah. They crazy. thought they thought Reagan was 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 impossible, but you haven't seen nothing yet. Uh, so this thing is called Pop Star. Pop Star never stop never stopping. So the it's. Do you know who the Lonely Island is? Yeah, yeah. Dick in a Box. The guys who did Dick in a Box. Yeah, and, and all that. So this is their movie, and the idea is that they used to be a trio called the Style Boys, and then one of them got went all solo on him, and he's he's just this ultimate douchebag the thing that uh really sells it besides just the fact that they got like every celebrity cameo conceivable is that they really did make an entire album of just deliberately shitty pop music and it's legit pop music like it it sounds just like anything you'd hear on the radio uh they also do a pretty accurate takedown of tmz which is kind of like entertainment tonight for you eric um, <laughs> and uh the the best cameo by far is justin timberlake uh who shows up justin timberlake is pretty much the guy i wished i could have been you know talented popular uh dancing singing none of that was me in the end but uh 
I'm I'm pleased that Justin Timberlake is in the world. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I remember they did uh, a whole slew of stuff on SNL, but then they branched out. But the uh, like I'm on a boat, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But one of the the one that killed me was when they did Jizz in My Pants. Was that the one? And they, it was yeah. like a Pet Shop Boys Euro trashy kind of thing. That was a good one. I, I just I just got a message from from me, and uh, it says also uh, I threw it on the ground. Yep. None of the none of the songs in the in this movie are anywhere as good as those. Um, the the best one is probably the one they start off with, which is called "I'm So Humble." And then there's another song about how. The Mona Lisa is a stupid piece of art, and why does everybody like it? Well, that sounds riveting. I hope it was better than Hot Rod. I did not see Hot Rod. Nobody did. uh, So, yeah, we won't have any point of reference. (laughs) (laughs) Well, excellent. Thank you for sharing. So so what what cinema from the future did you watch this week, Chris? Uh, I didn't watch any movies. I I started watching on the Netflix uh, the show Glow. About the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Oh God! Uh, and yeah, it's, that's good. That it's is good. Really fucking good. It's fucking fucking good. No, Eric thinks the actual gorgeous ladies of wrestling is good. Not, yeah. Not what are you show. talking about? <laughs> the one where they're like wrestling and throwing each other and looking all hot and junk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a documentary about that. <laughs> uh, but it's really, it's really, really binge worthy. Uh, the episodes are fairly short, and there's only ten of them, uh, and it's pretty fucking funny. Mark Maron's probably yeah. uh, his finest role uh, that I've seen him do anything in. So, good stuff. And then I also discovered uh, this week that the Discord record label, run by Ian McKay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, uh, they have released their entire catalog on the Bandcamp website, so you can listen to anything from their uh, entire catalog online for free. That's cool. It's fucking awesome. That's yeah. The future is kind of neat. Yeah, it's uh, it's online. It's in Teen depth. Idols. Yeah, they're on there. Teen Idols. Uh, yeah, like there are a ton of good bands on Discord. Yeah, Untouchables. You yeah, the future, Eric. You get free music and and all the TV you can watch, but but Donald Trump is president. This is the trade-off. So, yeah, so there's a balance. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not a very good balance, but it's a balance. We have the best fucking bread and circuses, though. Yeah. Like, the best. Boy, the future sounds bright, except, you know, for, well, you know. Yeah, except you. Why would, the, why, would the, why would the Democrats ever let Donald Trump run for president? I don't get it. Uh, you'd be amazed. Yeah, you, you'd you be, would amazed. be amazed. But uh, yeah. I expect that. All you have to do is go see Crocodile Dundee again, and you'll be fine. Okay. Well, uh, then, okay, here's the movie I saw, um, because there were a lot of sequels this year. Uh, there was Karate Kid Part 2. Yeah. And there was uh, Star Trek Four, and uh, there was Platoon, which was, you know, of course, a sequel to Pl- One. But the movie <laughs> that I really enjoyed was Aliens. That kicked ass. I don't know what it was about, except they just shot a bunch of shit, and it was great. And uh, I never saw Alien, but... Well, yeah, you know what yeah. else came out, and I'm surprised you, you haven't seen it, Eric, uh, is, hmm. is The Fly. Oh, everybody's seen The Fly. Yeah, my mother's seen The Fly. My mom's seen yeah. The Fly. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> it's Lana, not Lana, and shut up. <laughs> That's a Kids in the Hall reference. My brother-in-law saw The Fly. Shut up. I never saw The Fly. My chiropractor saw The Fly. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Any, anybody else have anything else to share? With the class. I also wear a beret a lot these days because uh, somebody told me I kind of look like Ferris Bueller, which came out a few months ago. So I've been wearing this this beret and nobody, I think it's another two months until somebody tells me it looks gay. When you uh, when you go to Stinkweeds on the weekends? Uh, during lunch. So yeah. you go buy records during lunch. Yeah. And then I go home and I, I listen to them. 
Uh, but my mom and my dad, they both work. So actually, I masturbate for about like two hours, and then I listen to records, and then they don't know the, they're none the wiser. Well, then Top Gun is right up your alley. They're not listening to this in the future, are they? Nobody's listening to this in the future. Don't worry. Oh, good. So, Top Gun, that's our discussion. This movie is the coolest movie ever, and the the recruiter at high school tells me it's absolutely realistic. <laughs> Compared to what? Uh, uh, other other movies that say that war's dumb? Duh. I am totally going to join the Navy when I get out of this hellhole, and I'm going to fly planes. Dude, in two years, or no, I guess four years, you're going to love Navy SEALs. Yeah, or not. Trust me. Yeah. Martin Sheen's son. Mm-hmm. Who's in Platoon? Navy SEALs? Navy SEALs. So they like train SEALs to swim around and like. Is this like the dolphin thing where they put mines on boats? Because I think that's kind of uncool. Uh, already tiresome. No, no. These SEALs, these SEALs can kill you with a knife. In their flipper? D- just imagine it. I would just right. like to, uh, to tell you what Pauline Kael uh, said about. It sounds like the coolest Disney film ever. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Pauline Kael described Top Gun as a recruiting poster that isn't concerned with recruiting but with being a poster. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> so, in all seriousness, like, Top, I, Top Gun holds up a lot better than I thought it would. It does. Because uh, I actually remember it being worse than it, I experienced it when I rewatched it this week. I, I swear I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theaters in 1986. See, that, and it's funny you mention that, because I've seen it a couple times, just randomly, and it's amazing to me that I never remember anything about the damn movie. And then I watch it and go, oh, oh, yeah. And then I summarily forget everything about it again. I just remember it in the broad strokes. I'm, I'm watching this film and I'm visioning a teenage Michael Bay just jacking off to every frame of this movie because it seems to very much be it's, like it's his, his it's ideal. His, yeah, it's like I think The Rock is based on this movie, frankly. <laughs> See, I, I, here's the thing though. I, I've s- seen this movie a ton, so I just I remember you know every scene, every frame. Everybody I know like w- watched it way too much. But I think the reason you're probably remembering it badly is all the douchebags who were really into this movie. Uh huh. You know, it's like it carries with it that stink of people who are America fuck yeah. Yeah. I watch it now when nobody talks about it, and I think, oh, yeah, you're right. It's it's not bad. Like, I was a freshman when this came out, and I went with a couple of seniors who literally just recited the entire movie along with the fucking screening. Well, to be fair, like, there's only like... already there, memorized Yeah, it. there's only like four pages of actual dialogue, though, so it's not like it's that hard. I mean, it's just it's just <sighs> jets flying around. That's right, Ice. Man, I am dangerous. Okay, but it hadn't been on... It hadn't been on video. They had seen it enough times in the theater oh. to memorize oh, that's the right. fucking thing. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I see where you're going. Yeah, but it's also, but but the thing is, Brian, it's not pure Gint. I mean, this thing has got very <laughs> short, quick lines. Wait, it's, you know, it's what? It's like it's turn not- and burn. That's it. That's all you got to know. Ah, uh, well, it- I feel the need, the need for drive-through speed. Wait, that's the Taco <laughs> Bell commercial tie-in. Yeah. Ah, uh, I don't like you because you're not safe. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got some things to talk about on that one. So before we progress, though. Uh, because I became infatuated with the whole call sign thing watching this. Uh, oh, good. I have something so, on that, too. Go yeah, ahead. So, go ahead. number one, uh, because the, every call sign is pretty much a very obvious uh, description of the characters, like the shorthand um, mm-hmm. in some form or fashion. And so, I'm, I'm intrigued by that device. Um, mm-hmm. But I also uh, think that we should all give each other call signs for the rest of the episode. Oh, shit. I totally forgot to think of this. But we don't get to pick them. We t- we give them to each other. That's the thing. If you pick them, uh, then you're gonna get shit on because there's a story of a of a Navy aviator who called himself Shark, and that's what he wanted his name to be. And everybody in his squadron uh-huh. started calling him Minnow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can't pick your own name. I was asking my okay. wife uh, what my call sign would be, and she said it was Dingus. So that's my call sign around home. Uh, so take uh-huh. that for what you will. See for. For Chris, I'm torn between snarky and um. Oh damn it! I just had a, a better one. <laughs> oh really? And it's our oh rerun, rerun. I'm gonna call you rerun. <laughs> rerun. Why rerun? Right. The amount of fucking reruns you watch on TV. <laughs> okay. 
It's all there's on TV in the future. Ryan? Yeah. I just got another message from myself. I was told to say your call sign should be Riker. See? I would sure. agree. I, I wrote that down. I had a couple for each of you. <laughs> and Riker was one of them. Uh, you know what, Eric? Next year, next year you'll know who Riker is, but it still won't make any sense for at least another year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Bing. You're welcome. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I had Riker, so that might be the one that sticks. Because uh, for th- for everybody else out there uh, who may or may not realize, we've touched on this in previous episodes, but Brian is a spitting image of uh, Commander Riker from the Star Trek Next Generation series. Like the beard and everything. It's it's uncanny. It's the beard. <laughs> uh, but I also had, because your initials are BK, and I was thinking that's like Burger King. And then I thought, you sure. like you like Burger King in your initials and then you also like video games so then i thought we could call you burger time that works too or oyster shooter <laughs> <laughs> remember okay. that brian kroger oyster shooter <laughs> so okay so brian's brian's call sign will be Riker. i think we're agreed eric what do you think for chris see snarky i think is almost too on the nose okay what about rerun rerun yeah. It's a little too good times, isn't it? That's yeah, you're right. It's what's happening, you knucklehead? Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. This is this is this is for Chris. Okay. Is this from your future self? Uh, no, no. This is from high school. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's what you should be. You should be <laughs> piffed. Piffed. <laughs> piffed. Okay. Piffed. Yeah. Spell it out. That's good. Piffed. Okay, Riker piffed. I can see that across the. I can. I can see that across the helmet too. P F F F F T. Oh yeah, and it's like the whole the head and the face, everything's covered, but the eyes and the eyes are rolling. Yeah, Ugh. that's good stuff. Uh, and so for Eric, uh, I came up with a couple. Uh, one I want to throw at you. It may not stick, but uh, I like it. Uh, moose knuckle. <laughs> what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Because <laughs> he's such a dick. That's what a, that's, a, that's what a moose knuckle is. It's like a, it's all junk scrunched up in the underpants. It's usually a vagina. Is it? I mean, that's that's the, uh, a moose knuckle's a vagina that's like eating I, up the pants, I, and because <laughs> it looks like the knuckle of a moose, that's why they call it a oh, moose. Knuckle. I thought it was. I thought it was the male version of the camel toe. Was the moose knuckle? Somebody's got to invent a Google. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that one would. That would yeah, be. Go, a, go to the library and and find a nickname for yourself yeah. in the World Book Encyclopedia. Yeah, right? go get that Dewey Decimal System and go through all those cards and find <laughs> Moose Knuckle. That would be a deep Google. <laughs> uh, so so that one no, and then I thought uh, Riff is a good one. That was some. Uh, that was an actual nickname that someone came up for him, which is based off of uh, uh, Reed is fundamental. I like that. It's, it also it also sounds like Riff Randall from Rock and Roll High School. Okay, we've actually yeah. pulled out Eric Reed as fundamental <laughs> and Brian Kruger the oyster shooter. We've pulled both of those out. It's all here. the hits. It's a nostalgia episode. <laughs> what was what was his what was his nickname for you, Chris? What was it? <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, damn it. Uh, I think it was. Uh, your name is Toby. That's I remember that one, but no, I don't remember. No, that was Toby's, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was literally that was Toby's. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your name is Toby. Yeah, we're so down the inside joke hole at this point. It's like hopeless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit, I'm not even gonna know any of these for another ten years. Are you kidding? Riff, Pift, and and Riker. Yeah. Huh? Riff, Riff, pff, and Riker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> We'll forget in a couple of minutes anyway, so it's fine. Please, right. let's, let's do it. Um, okay, wait. On the subject of call signs, since you brought it up, because I want to, I, I, I don't mind leading with this because it's a short one. Yeah. Okay, there's Maverick. Yeah. There's Iceman. Yeah. There's Slider. Was it Slider? Yeah, I can give you the whole list if you want. So just the Rio, uh, the Rio for Iceman was Slider. But then there's Goose. And Goose. Goose. That's the one. I was I was talking with that that woman. I'm apparently going to marry, and she was saying that like there's no logical reason. There, all of them have cool call signs. Like Goose. What did what did he what did he do to earn? I mean, outside of metaphor, what the fuck could he have done to have somebody call him Goose? Uh, I surmise it's because he can fly. 
but also because he's the Rio, which is essentially the navigator, and geese know how to mm. navigate. See, I was going to say geese oh, flock, yeah. and he's always behind, flying behind Maverick. Yeah. But. Or uh, the other one I came up with was, uh, that makes me think of Mother Goose, and he does seem to be a bit of a mothering aspect to Maverick. Somebody does call him Mother Goose. There's one point when, oh, that's yeah. right, when, when Iceman sees him again, and they like, you know, because they know each other and they like each other, he says, Mother Goose. Yeah, so I think you've just answered your question. Yeah. Maybe but, Goose Egg for Zero. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, and I think they named him that, you know, like metaphorically. I was thinking because geese have long necks and his snaps. I think figure maybe it was like a, a foreshadowing thing there. Well, but here's the other thing with the uh, the call signs. Uh, this is what weirds me out. Uh, so you've got Maverick, Charlie is Kelly McGillis, um, Iceman, Goose. Then you got Viper and Jester, the two trainer guys. You've got Cougar, who pusses out at the front of the movie, uh, and they take his place. Then you've got Wolfman, Slider, Merlin, played by Tim Robbins. Yeah. Uh, who's another Rio, which was a weird thing I always forget. Yeah. Uh, then you've got Stinger and Chipper, and then you've got a guy <laughs> named Hollywood. Um, the black guy? No, no, the black guy. This is what kills me, and I never noticed it before. The black guy's name is Sundown. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, Sundown. Yeah, the black guy's name is Sundown. That's unfortunate. That's yeah. that's yeah. No. So like which that. one of them? Which one of them had the? Because they all had iconography, and one of them had a butt with lipstick on it, like "Kiss My Ass." Was that Sundown? Uh, I honestly don't remember what they had painted on their helmets. That was the only one I noticed. But I'm like, hey, that guy's got a fucking butt on his head. Yeah. We'll just we'll just <laughs> say it was Sundown and go on with the day. Uh, the other thing I noticed that I learned about... We're going to need a corrections section in yeah. this podcast at some point. <laughs> the other thing I, I noticed about Sundown as I looked him up, and uh, he was also the the hacker guy from Die Hard. And the quarterback is toast! Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And then he was on, like, Matlock or something. I did notice the guy in the beginning, J- Joker, was... Uh, that actor was in that movie, My Science Project, which n- n- I know neither of you saw, but it was from that year when there were a bunch of science movies like Weird Science, Real Genius. Oh, no, that one was on uh, HBO all the time. Yeah, My Science Project. Yeah. That, that was that guy. That's the only other thing you've mentioned, I think. Yeah, he has not been in anything else. But the thing that struck me about the call signs is so the, most, of, most of them tend to be uh, two-syllable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody's sort of monochromatic in that regard to their name. Maverick... Three syllables technically, but they all say it Maverick. So that's to me doesn't stand out because it just sounds like a two syllable. Uh, then you got Hollywood, who's a three syllable, and he's the only one with three syllables, uh, and he's not in the movie ever. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure what's up with that. And then you've got Goose. Goose is the only one that's got one syllable, and Goose is the guy that dies. Yeah. And Hollywood's the one who goes down in the final battle. He isn't it? Isn't he the one who like has to parachute out of his plane and they save him in the helicopter? I think so. Like Wedge. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, this is like a red shirt thing. If, you're, if your call sign is in two syllables, you're fucked in this movie. I think you should put in a soundbite there of Wedge going, I can't stay, Luke. I gotta jump. I gotta hang nail. Sorry. How do you know what a soundbite is? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, it's not that weird. You just take some audio tape and you cut it with an exacto yeah. knife. You take some tape uh-huh. and you put it in the thing. Duh. Dude, 1986. There's, there's like bands using samplers in 1986. Uh, he's, he's good. Name them. Yeah, tell him. <laughs> so, <laughs> name one. The Art of Noise. Frankie goes to Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> so. But that's my, is that Goose is only one syllable, uh, so that's going to be part one of my series as to how you know Goose is going to die, because number one... It kind of, it makes sense, though, that they would all have short one or two syllable names, because, you know, they're, if they're in combat and they need to tell each other things and they need to call, it's like, if you, if you need help right now and you have to say, you know... Quick, Ushnaf Mistem for Umfnasen of Ulm. Get on my six. You know, it's like you've you've wasted too much time. You have to have a name that goes quick. Exactly. Now where's Flickering Jigget Magaloo Montague? Boom. Yeah, we lost. Ah, now never mind. Never mind. Ushnufnap sneak up Flissnufushentlapt of Ulm. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm dead. So yeah. So call signs, and then they. I like that when they're in the uh, the ship calm area and they're chronicling the battle for you, uh, just to give you a sense <laughs> of space and geography. 
because uh, everything's mm. zipping so fast, is they're they're not actually calling the planes by their numbers, which is what they would do in real life. They're actually calling out the pilots' call signs. It's like, oh, Goose and Mav, they just rolled past Ice Man and Slider. It's like, oh, okay, I know who those guys are. It's like I'm good. play by play. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I know, I know, Maverick. He always goes on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't even know what that means, and that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then lastly, you've got the uh, the the guy that's in charge on the ship, uh, and I guess his call sign is Stinger, which makes sense. Mm. But then he's uh, he's also the the principal from Back to the Future. Yep. So basically, he just he's playing the same fucking role in this one, just as a naval officer. But I just yeah, he's just yelling at him, "You slackers! You slackers!" That's his old that's his old job though, is being the actor you hire. To be yeah. angry, yeah. you know, but not, to be angry and feared, but not necessarily respected because he's bald, short, and a little tubby. Yeah. Somebody at some point has to explain to me the whole hard deck sequence because there's a thing when they're 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 having a plane flying rehearsal, and there's something where Maverick goes below the hard deck or something. I don't know. I, well, I they here's, never explain oh, what here's that what means. Makes, here's what makes it so funny is that they set the the hard deck, which is it's the rules of engagement in the the simulation, and the hard deck is supposed to simulate the ground. Uh huh. And so in that scene, it doesn't make any sense because when he's actually trying to defend himself to his commander, he says, "Well, we were only below the hard deck for a couple of seconds, so we won." He's only crashed <laughs> into yeah, the fictional so, ground for a couple of seconds. Yeah. Is that <laughs> so, what they're saying? Okay, I get yeah, it now. Okay. Yeah. So, so congratulations, Maverick. You were only dead for about three seconds, and then you magically reappeared in the sky, and you win. You're the best pilot ever. <laughs> so. That was some of the best flying I've seen yeah. right up until the part where you got killed. Uh, yep. <laughs> He's like, are you, co- are you kidding me, man? Well, they do call me Jester. I mean, that's how they would go. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the, those airplane scenes, though. And this, I mean, we... I kind of hinted at the cinematography part with the the Michael Bay reference. Yeah. Um, but in general, okay. So Eric, you know, you've you've seen lots of uh, movies with special effects where they've got like models and stuff. Yeah. Well, in the future, it's all cartoons. They're just really, really well drawn cartoons. Oh, cool! Like Tron. Very much like <laughs> exactly Tron. Exactly like even Tron. more so. All oh, right. On. A promise realized. Yeah. No. I, what I another. I think the reason Top Gun looks so good is they really had access to all those planes. They had, and that's they the didn't point. use, and they didn't use any file footage. If they had a plane doing a hard landing, they instructed the pilot to do a hard landing. And they built he, special shit just to attach cameras to the planes. Yeah. For yeah. this movie. Well, and the Navy basically gave them a ridiculous, ridiculous deal on all of that shit. Uh, so effectively, the Navy subsidized Top Gun, and that's mm-hmm. why their I think their production budget is listed at like fifteen million. Uh, that's one five fifteen million, uh, <laughs> and everything else was effectively subsidized by the Navy, uh, which is just insane. And they were allowed all this ridiculous access. I'd love to know if the Soviet Union though has their own version of Top Gun, like their own sort of <laughs> I'm partner sure they piece. Do. I'm sure they and do. And in that one, it's like the the bad guy, you know, is no, no, the back, the 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 the, the main guy uh, is an individual, but he learns to conform. To wait a minute, that's this film. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, way to go. <laughs> you nailed it, buddy. I wanted to say something else though about the action scenes. Not not just you know that that it was impressive that they got all this footage with real planes. Um, Eric, in the future, but in my past, uh, I worked <laughs> I on love this conceit. video yeah. games about <laughs> flying craft. And you won't believe what you do in, for a career in the future. It's amazing. But, um, no. <laughs> I, 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 I design Navy jets. No, no, we're all going to be famous filmmakers. We're going to form a studio called Magnificently Huge. You'll see. That's that's stupid. Isn't it, though? (laughs) Why would I do that? I haven't even met Chris Ryerson yet, who's going to poison my mind with film. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This this is going so badly. Um, (laughs) Can you hear my eyes rolling? Here's the thing, though, right? Like, when we were making those games, we artificially increased the speed of the aircraft by like a factor of 10 uh, because you didn't get any s- actual accurate flight speeds at altitude are fucking boring to look at because your motion relative to the ground isn't 
really going that quickly. Mm. But the fact that they managed to make this footage work, given that they were at altitude in a lot of shots, uh, first of all, a lot of that is owed to the sound design. The sound design really sells it. And then the rest of it is just, I guess, down to editing. But, you know, big thumbs up to them for how they pulled that off. Well, actually, uh, Tony Scott did choreograph those scenes with the pilots and those are actual like maneuvers that they yeah. set up and, and, and pre-planned for the filming in order to give it more of like a, a spatial integrity, I guess you could say. So th- that's actually stuff going on. That's what I was trying to say is that they had, you know, carte blanche to use all those points any way they wanted to. And so, yeah, they, they staged all that stuff. I think, I think the reason they really get speed right though is you, yeah, you can't tell how fast something's going unless it's against the backdrop of something else. And so they either had, you know, made sure there were clouds somewhere that they could move against, or their reference point to the camera made them go fast. Yep. And uh, the right stuff, the right stuff got that really right, too. And that was all models, but yeah. things appeared One to thing go. I did catch, they recycle several shots. Like, there are at least five shots I can think of that were played at least twice in this movie and they totally got away with it well and they also Hmm. played danger zone three separate times so they played every song at least three times Uh, we got to talk about that well and that's what i wanted but i wanted what the fuck uh, so i want to just end that this little discussion because of the planes and things that we're talking about the little fly things uh but roger ebert's review is probably my favorite uh he says movies like top gun are hard to review because the good parts are so good and the bad parts are so relentless. <laughs> <laughs> so, technically, it's a marvel, but everything else just sucks balls. Also, those Russian planes were actually T-38s, which are trainers for Americans, and they're not Russian planes. No, well, the fuck, apparently dude? there's no such thing as a MiG-28, because MiGs are never numbered with even numbers. That's why no right. one's ever seen one before, Brian. God, weren't you paying attention? Oh. Yeah, okay. God, and then he was in a four-meter inverted dive? That shit and was why awesome. why would you paint... Why would you paint your warplane black? It's like, unless you're fighting at night, <laughs> everyone's going to see where you are. Uh, that's from a fair, beneath, that's from a fair above, point. it's always right there. That's you know, a, in the future, point. they'll have a bomber that can't be seen on radar, and they painted it black, so go figure. Yeah. yeah. And then they played Rolling Stones at the uh, ceremony where they unveiled it. Uh, well, now, we already are talking about the stealth plane. We, we know it exists. We just haven't gotten proof yet. So. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. My my theory, though, my theory is that it doesn't exist, that it's just like something they're saying to make the Russians scared. Because, I mean, OK, think think about it for a second. Think about it for a second. A radar operator is going to learn that two men in sitting position at 10,000 feet is a stealth bomber. <laughs> it's like Wonder Woman. Yeah. But with two, man. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to fool anybody for long. They're going to go, oh, I see two guys sitting and flying. Must be inside of a stealth plane we can't see. Shoot at it. Thanks for your input, Eric. All right. But I want to talk about this music thing because I, I think we should. This soundtrack, it starts over and starts over and starts over. And I, I was kind of forgiving of it with, well, first of all, the Kenny Loggins theme isn't even the music that opens the movie, which surprised me. I kind of expected. No, Danger no. Zone was going to be it, but no, well, it kind it kind of no, starts. We start it, off with eh, no, it's no after it, the credits. We have to get past all of well, the titles. I, I see all that as big just, long slow bullshit. And I see that as one just the giant plane takes off. I see it as one big yeah. scene, but I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I, I, well, I like that you get Harold Faltermeyer uh, to do the theme because we all know him from uh, Beverly Hills Cop and Fletch. And this was his chance. Is he the to, one who does that that down 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 music? Okay, that's the one. Yep. And apparently he's the he's a like a an apprentice to Giorgio Moroder, uh, <laughs> who yep. had, who who basically produced all of the the songs in the movie. Uh, so you've yeah. got a two for going on there. Giorgio Moroder is the shit. He's awesome. Danger Zone <laughs> wasn't even supposed to be a Kenny Loggins song. Apparently Toto. <laughs> Was was supposed to record Danger Zone, so I thought always thought it was Kenny Loggins' written song, but I guess oh, not. Oh no, no, it was uh, Giorgio Moroder did the music, and his fucking mechanic uh, wrote the lyrics. Uh, that's <laughs> wow. that's Danger Zone, yeah. The highway to the Danger Zone. You take me right on to the Danger Zone. Some good stuff.
it's a lot of great sh- short cliches. Isn't it something like like the the hotter you run, the higher the intensity? You know, no, no, it's it's the further on it's the further on the edge, the hotter the intensity. Yeah, right it's into the, the danger zone. Yeah, yeah, danger zone. So, danger zone is the perfect '80s corporate pop song. Like, it <laughs> does not get any any more perfect. Like all of all of that shit that you see, like. Uh, in Boogie Nights, Mark Wahlberg, you know, singing his song like poorly. It's all just people wishing they could do Danger Zone. Yeah. I think. But here's the here's what's funny uh, though is that uh, not only Toto was shopped to that, they basically turned it had to turn it down because they wanted to do original material as well, and they said fuck off because you're Toto, mm. you're like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and then they uh, and then apparently they shopped it around. Brian Adams was at one point. Uh, gonna do it and then at one point Ario Speedwagon were approached to do Danger Zone you know the funny thing though is I know if Giorgio Moroder is producing it uh, and and it's already been written it yeah. really doesn't matter who sings it does it because all these no. names you're mentioning I'm like yeah I can see it yeah I can see it I mean yeah, yeah I guess yeah. Kenny Loggins is just the easiest get well right? and, you, and you know why Kenny Loggins uh, decided to do it because he'd already done playing with because the boys because he got paid well yeah oh. <laughs> well he'd already done playing oh with God, the boys he was hot Playing with the boys was yeah. what they wanted from him, and uh, Danger Zone was the extra. I always thought it was the other way around. No, he did. He did playing with the boys for the volleyball scene, the super right. homoerotic, uh, this beefcakey. I had, I had forgotten all about playing with the yeah, boys, yeah. and when it came on, I my jaw dropped. I'm like, yeah. there's another Kenny Loggins song. Oh shit! That's what I'm saying. Though it's like I thought it was the other way around. Oh but no, no, he, he showed he, up he, to do that one. That was the Loggins uh, uh, centerpiece. Yeah. Oh, by the way, can you do? Wow, so, that's crazy. so yeah. So after Toto, Brian Adams, Ario Speedwagon, and Corey Hart, I might add, uh, all <laughs> turned all turned it down. Uh, they said, "Do you want to do this this song that we're doing, Danger Zone, for the the the, the theme?" Uh, and he basically asked them, "Is this uh, is this an up tempo number?" And they said, "Oh yeah." He's like, "Okay, I'll do it." Because he was looking for like a rock and roll up tempo number that he could add to his live show, and that's the only reason <laughs> that he did it. It's very inclusive of them, though, to ask two different Canadians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they they took it right up to the danger zone. A so that so that list is long but distinguished. Yeah, like my Johnson. Boom. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> uh, and then other other tidbits I like about the uh, the soundtrack, uh, Judas Priest uh, were also approached to allow their song "Reckless" from the album Turbo. Oh, fuck yeah! Uh, oh, that would have been great. Watch out. But uh, they declined both because they thought the film would tank, and also because they uh, would have had to leave it off of their album Turbo. So they said thanks, but no thanks. Um, and then the motels were also considered to do Take My Breath Away. Um, and there's a, a demo version that exists online, and it sounds exactly like Berlin because Giorgio Moroder. So that one won the Oscar, though. So Oscar-winning film, Top Gun. As it should be. <laughs> but this is truly the log man's uh, uh, territory, because he's got two in there. Yeah. And whatever you think of the gay song, it is kind of iconic. <laughs> it's, un- it's really unfortunate is what it is, because it does yeah. sort of tie into the whole, uh, did they intend it to be this weird misogyny, <laughs> like, like homoerotic whatever, or is it just yeah. sort of a, a, a sidebar that happened? Because, I mean, literally, it's like a Navy recruiting movie. Uh, and the Navy signed off on everything before the movie was released. And then you think, holy shit, this is what the Navy wants you to think about the Navy? So this why is- didn't we get a needle drop of the village peoples in the Navy? Go. What can you learn to fly, play, and sports with skin that study oceanography? I'm just saying. <laughs> I think because it was too close to the actual 70s, and the 70s are considered really kind of dorky and shitty in the 80s. But Oh, know. they should have just played it on the credits. Like, just, 
you know yeah it's our celebratory well, you know leaving the theater music i think we need i think actually we need a needle drop at some point of the tarantino explanation uh of the 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 the, the of subversiveness of top gun tarantino yeah. is that like a friend of yours in middle school? oh this is this is in brackets <laughs> Yeah, this and is brackets. These are the okay. future notes. What is Top Gun? You think it's a story about a bunch of fighter pilots? It is a story about a man's struggle with his own homosexuality. That's serious. That is what Top Gun is about, man. You've got Maverick, all right? He's on the edge, man. He's right on the fucking line, all right? And you've got Iceman and all his crew. Right. They're gay. And they, are, they represent the gay man, right. all right? And they're saying, go. Go the gay way. Go the gay way. He could go both ways. What about Kelly McGillis? Right? Kelly McGillis. She's 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 heterosexuality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, it, and I think Tarantino's pretty much credited with starting uh, the popularization of the the Top Gun as a, a gay icon movie. Which and it, when you watch it now, it's, it makes total sense. That and Tom Cruise being gay. Yeah, I think. But they asked this, they asked the screenwriters about it, and they're like, "Well, we didn't. We certainly didn't write it that way. Uh, but Tony Scott certainly filmed it that way." <laughs> so uh i think that's just the director kind of uh going a little bit overboard with it but i mean he's on record he said that, yeah I, I did the hunger and then my phone didn't ring for three years and then i got top gun so i think he just threw everything at, that he could think yeah. of uh to to make it and it was the top top movie of the year he's not his brother his brother gets to do the art he gets to do the schlock yeah it's uh it's good yeah his filmography is pretty god-awful he pretty much had the hand in that and then i guess he fretted over doing the volleyball scene and how to how to shoot it and whatnot and he just finally just said fuck it just slather him with baby oil let him play blah and then they went to town with playing with the boys see that's i i've i've had a lot of time to think about this this the way you shoot that scene is you have all of their hot wives playing it and them sitting on the (laughs) sideline drinking beer. Well, no, they shot it so that they... I'm fucking that. I'm fucking that. Uh, That's what they... That's all you say during the whole thing. I'm playing with the boys. Playing with the boys. Well, yeah, you got to re- and now re- this is reminding me of a song from from pop star Never Stop Never Stopping, which is uh, his his song in support of gay marriage and that's also about how not gay he is. (laughs) (laughs) The time for changes now. Sports in bed next to ten beautiful girls all straight and while i made love to every one of them i was thinking about the world hot wings how is it that i can't have so much straight sex while two dudes are oppressed not gay having sex not gay or putting on a wedding dress i assume uh, let let me let me just recite you some uh some lyrics from playing with the boys and tell me if uh a uh how Loggins could have just not known because when you write lyrics like this then it's certainly going to go over a beefcakey volleyball scene that uh, looks like some sort of Greco-Roman thing. Uh, We're just going to play the song here, right? Well, yeah. Let's we'll play the we'll play this tidbit maybe. Uh, but it's I'm moving in slow motion. Feels so good. It's a strange anticipation. Knock, knock, knocking on wood. Oh my God! Yeah, bodies working overtime. That's about ass sex. Yeah, bodies working overtime. It's man against man. And all that ever matters is baby who's ahead in the game. Funny, but it's always the same. I mean, it's come on, dude. Come on. <laughs> also, not so much teeth. You're like that guy on on uh, on Solid Gold who would read disco <laughs> lyrics as if they were saying, "I want some hot stuff, baby, to please me." <laughs> was that, that was was that Gary Owens? I think it was. I have no idea. Uh, we should find that. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> the other thing I think is funny too is because like every every pop song in this thing is totally indistinguishable f- from the next. Like Danger Zone, sure it was the big hit, but that one it you can't tell it apart from the the one by Loverboy. You can't tell it apart uh, by the one by Cheap Trick, which is on the end credits. You can't tell it apart from the Harold Harold Baltimore score. Yeah, I and mean, this is for one part, which for no explicable reason. They use a sampled guitar instead of a real guitar, and it really <laughs> sticks out and it irritates yeah. me. Like, you've been playing real guitar the whole movie. Why? Yeah. Why did you do that? I love it too because it's that. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. I didn't oh, even yeah. know Lover Boy was in that soundtrack. Oh yeah. Look or, it up. or Cheap Trick. Cheap Trick and is I the love uh, Cheap Trick. And well, no, Lover no. Boy, they're Canadian. Yeah, Cheap Trick is the. Uh, this is their like bad phase though when all of their stuff sucked so bad yeah. and they were still charting. Um, 
but that's and yet they still want you to want them. Yeah, because I mean they need you to need them. <laughs> I I love them to love them. Uh, <sighs> but but what kills me about like I I think it's just a very sly joke actually because they they do these weird songs. Like Danger Zone sets it up. I mean, that's pretty much just, hey, this is what it's going to be. And then playing with the boys, and this is truly what it is. Uh, and then they play the Cheap Trick song at the end. Uh, and I think it's always funny to me now watching it that the, the coda to the entire movie is basically uh, Cheap Trick. Oh, you played a Cheap Trick on me. I get it. Ha ha ha. Ah, I remember watching this with friends. I just real quick, last thing on the volleyball scene. I was watching this with a friend of mine who had, and he was just like, "Haha, it's funny. They're all none of them are wearing shirts except Goose because he doesn't have as much definition as the other guys." And I was like, "I didn't even notice that most of them weren't wearing shirts. How did you know that?" It's mm. well, <laughs> well. Here's my theory on that one too, and then we can we can press on. Uh, because this is number two of how you know Goose is going to die. It's because they're playing volleyball and they're all wearing jeans and no shirts, but Goose is the only one wearing shorts and a fucking shirt. And then yeah. when they cross the road, yeah. he's the only one wearing white. Yeah. yeah. No. So there's all kinds of little clues, man, if you just look for them. It's all right there, <laughs> man. Okay. So you know how in like, uh, it's, it's become something of a cliche when they're making fun of the romantic scene and they play that thing. <laughs> and then they stop that's, it. That's a lot this of This movie does that seriously with Take My Breath Away. There's like this whole Take My Breath Away section of the movie that is the courting of Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis. And they start the song and they have a scene and then the song stops. And it doesn't happen. And then they start the song again. They have another scene and the song stops and it doesn't <laughs> oh. happen. And it happens like four fucking times. And then at the end, like the, the relationship finally kicks into high gear right when Tom Cruise is at his most butthurt in the whole movie, right? Like she's just dressed him down in front of every all of his, you know, he's embar- she's embarrassed him in front of everybody and he's driving on his motorcycle being all pissy because, you know, his dick got made fun of or something. <laughs> exactly. And she chases him through red lights in her Carmen Ghia and he goes from butthurt to making out with her in like one second. Yeah. And then, and then I have to just say this as well. I don't think that either of the actors or Tony Scott knows what a kiss looks like because these two don't actually kiss. They like open their mouths and their lips approach each other. And then they just kind of stick their tongues out. It's the least. They are, they are both gay. They're both gay though. (laughs) Yeah. That's something else to consider. (laughs) It's you, you, you. Well, their call sign is Charlie. So let's be fair. Uh, so, I mean, but that's Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis yeah. is is she'll come out of the closet in twenty years. I'm I'm yeah. tired of the pretense. She's gay. <laughs> so they did everything they could to make her a movie star in this. And then like, did she do any movies after this? After Top Gun, she like, did. But what happened? Yeah, to Kelly McGillis? Witness. Witness. Witness was okay. before this one. Witness was in '84. Oh, uh, in Heaven. That's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Made in Heaven. Made in Heaven with Timothy Hutton. Sure. Uh, but but when they do the scene where they're in the elevator and she's wearing the hat, and this is the one everybody sort of uses as their ha-ha-ha gotcha moment, this is a totally gay movie, because now he wants her because she looks like a dude. Uh, <laughs> the only reason that they shot that, it was like a, <laughs> it was like a five-month window between when they wrapped and then they did pickups. And so it was her and Cruz in Chicago having to film this scene, and her hair was already a different color for the movie that she was about to make. And so that's why they put her in the hat. So it's got nothing to do with any sort of homosexual subtext. It's just It just happened uh, as part of filming. But that ruins the mystique. And so I think we'll just forget that that ever got mentioned. So this thing about repeating the music, they did it with Danger Zone. They did it with Take My Breath Away. And then there is a Goose is Dead theme <laughs> that starts over and starts over and starts over after Goose died. It's some really sweet guitar work, though. You gotta admit <laughs> you know, you know who has the best performance in this whole film, and I'm being absolutely serious, is Goose's wife. That whole thing of Goose, you big stud. I mean, that she has got so much more energy than anyone yeah, in the film. It's sad. She showed up to a Meg Ryan. Yeah, she showed up to an entirely different movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like it was like it was like if Dennis Quaid was a chick. That's how he would have played. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she's like clairvoyant. She knows. She knows what everybody's feeling. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's sort of like the, the Greek chorus. It's funny that I, there's, there's an article I found online uh, that's really amazing, and it, it'll blow your fucking mind. 
Um, but it's by a woman named Whitney Collins. And the title of it is The Real Meaning of Top Gun, Maverick and the Monomyth. And she basically overlays Joseph Campbell's monomyth, all 17 stages of it, uh, over Top Gun. And it, it's creepy how much it fits. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, it's way more thought than Top Gun really deserves, frankly. Uh, but it's just fucking awesome. Uh, so she basically likens Iceman uh, literally to a representation of death. And so Maverick is always facing down Iceman. And, she, and then she references George Bernard Shaw's uh, Iceman Cometh as sort of a, here, this is the, the proof of this. Uh, there's all the stuff where he is flying and then uh, has to kill Jester uh, in order to move ahead. So that's like he's killing his inner clown in order to reach enlightenment. I mean, it's like, what the mm-hmm. fuck am I reading? Hey, w- Wait. Uh, real quick, because I'm looking at this strange, fascinating, futuristic device so that people who are listening can know what the monomyth is, because I sure don't. Uh, monomyth, or the hero's journey, is the common template of a broad category of tales that involves a hero who goes on an adventure and in a decisive crisis wins a victory and then comes home changed or transformed. Wait, isn't that every story? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um which also sidebar uh, while I'm thinking about it, the when they do the flyby and the guys gets the coffee spilled all over him, uh, why why is he always drinking coffee when he's telling someone that they shouldn't be doing a flyby and he knows it's Maverick who's going to do a flyby? Yeah, yeah. Negative ghostwriter. The pattern is full. Should be assigned to put the coffee down. <laughs> yeah, really. But I'm going to drink this it's absolutely this true. piping hot coffee. Uh, and because yeah, oh, yeah, that won't happen thought, twice. I actually yeah. thought he was gonna like in the in the end of the movie. I thought he was gonna like hold the coffee bef- away from his lips while they did it because he knew they were gonna do it and he was gonna like have learned something. But no, <laughs> no. no, this dipshit <laughs> no. just spilled coffee on himself. He, that guy, that guy didn't have the hero's journey. He just he just stayed still. Yeah. And and who's this asshole who keeps handing him coffee when this is happening? Like, <laughs> is there a guy who's like doing this on purpose? Like, <laughs> here you go, no. dumbass. You no. Know? <laughs> no. I'm surprised they let them drink coffee over all those multi-million dollar like control screens. <laughs> yeah, it's, and a, shit. Yeah, it's only it's, it's a, like keep a, the coffee. It's a scene from Airplane. I, yeah, in the future they let you ca- hold coffee over computers and junk. Uh, they let you hold computers over a toilet in the future. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So er- yeah, everything in this movie that doesn't involve the jets and flying is just sort of, uh, I think, kind of tossed in, uh, and they don't really make much sense of it because Maverick and Charlie. Uh, fall madly in love uh, within the span of what is it eight weeks and then suddenly she's mm-hmm. willing to throw away her entire career so that she can tongue this guy to Berlin yeah. it just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense yeah. no it, it, the plot is stupid and and he is so goddamn douchey like he is absolutely <laughs> exactly. like maximum creepy every t- he stalks her into the ladies room yeah like <laughs> I just I'm just gonna follow you in there and her whole thing is like so what you were thinking we're just gonna like fuck on the countertop and he's like yeah sure yeah, you know that? like what the this is so there's a whole there's an yeah. article I read about like the it, it more has to do with Harrison Ford. Maybe we should do this in a future podcast. But the whole idea is about you know male role models for our generation and just sort of the the woman who needs to be tamed into to falling for you and how fucked up that is. Uh, this is a good example of that. Oh, I mean there are examples abound though. Any t- any usually romantic comedies, but any any premise of romance, it's always a stalker scenario. I mean, it's always basically the wrong lesson. Yeah. You know, you don't go to the wedding and wait for them to say, if anyone has any reason, and then run in and go, you don't love him. You love me. Come on, <laughs> let's run away. It's like, that's never a you good may. idea. Ever. Yeah. It's, or, and most of the time with that, that, you know, film, when a woman goes, oh, he really loves me. Look, he has all these pictures of me when I wasn't looking and a lock of my hair. That's never a good thing. That's always stalker shit. Well, it's funny that you bring it so up. Like because... the thing in, I'm sorry, the thing in, 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 in Love Actually, when he goes to her with like the cards, don't you know, tell him it's carolers. And he does the thing that basically says, I'm like madly in love with you and, and you know, like shows her all these cards and, and then goes away. That's all straight up stalker shit that just teaches the wrong lesson to to guys my age. Well, it, because I keep forcing Star Wars into every podcast, it's it's Han Solo forcing himself on Leia and the Millennium Falcon and Empire Strikes yeah. Back. 
That's rapey. That's rapey. And the funny thing is, not enough scoundrels in you your life. You ask most women, they still think that's hot. So I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> most women, he says. Well, most of the ones I tried it on slap me. That's all I'm saying. The other actor who shows up over and over in this podcast is Val Kilmer. I was noticing this. Like, how many of our podcasts have a movie with Val fucking Kilmer in them? He's, this one? he's been in the last right? five. We have we love, Zaz, we have a we love Jesus Val. Christ. We love he you, Val. Batman. He was, we love you, Val. He was oh, everywhere. Man. He was in the Ron Howard. Yeah. 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 Willow. Willow. Yeah. We should just rename this Magnificently Val. Let's rename the podcast Magnificently Val. <laughs> but it's funny that you bring up the uh, all the stalking stuff, though, because there were two other directors that are apparently uh, shown to have been in the running to direct before they got Tony Scott. Uh, John Carpenter and David Cronenberg. How different would that movie have been with either oh, of those? <laughs> David Cronenberg's oh, Top Gun. David Cronenberg's Top Gun. I want to see that in a double feature with David Lynch's Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Both of their versions would probably be closer to each other than Tony Scott's. Yeah. I mean, unless <laughs> unless whoever was producing it had such a strong hand that they were basically getting whatever they wanted out yeah. of it. Well, the thing is, if it was if it was John Carpenter, then Baroder's out. Carpenter's doing all the music himself. How amazing would that right. be? It would have been amazing, but we wouldn't have gotten Danger Zone. <laughs> no. And damn it. Fucking Danger Zone, baby. No, they would have just recycled it and put it in, uh, oh, I don't know. Some other like Navy SEALs. Cronenberg, though. Yeah. Cronenberg, actually, that would be like the thing where. Um, it would have been in Labyrinth. They would, they, they would have, no, they would have made all, they would have flipped it and made them all Russian pilots. It would have been in Russian and. No, no. Cronen, actually, Cronenberg, uh, probably, yeah, he probably didn't get the Top Gun gig and he was maybe pissed because it's like, you know, super gravy train. I think he probably took all the stuff he was going to make for that and uh, went and did Dead Ringers because it's very similar. Jeff Goldblum is Maverick. <laughs> Think about this. <laughs> well, as you, and so it's funny. My, my wife is telling me we need to do a podcast about Jeff Goldblum, by the way. So put a pin in that. Yeah, but we'll we'll add it to the list. Well, it's funny you bring up other actors playing Maverick because the the big one that I was weirded out by, uh, and he turned it down because it really wasn't part of his political view. Uh, but at one point, Matthew Modine uh, was in oh, the yeah. running, and I think this was what this was the the same year of the year before uh, Full Metal Jacket came out. Same year, same year. Uh, so he, instead of making Top Gun, he did Full Metal Jacket, but I, and that blows my mind. I'm like trying to figure out what kind of performance he would give in Top Gun. Like, how, right. how would that go? But but there again, Full Metal Jacket is decidedly anti-war, and Top Gun is you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Shows war for the awesomeness that it is. Well, so well if you look at, you it, can see where he'd have that. Well, that was kind of the, the that same year. Uh, and this is the other thing I didn't realize, uh, but Iron Eagle had come out in January of that year. So that, that predates Top Gun by like four months. Does uh, it really? Yeah. And it's essentially the same, huh. it's essentially the same movie and that's what weirds me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't though. Just think about it. They, they're making this movie Top Gun, uh, you know, for, for months and months and months and word is out. They're always talking about it. Golan Globus finds out about it and says we can beat <laughs> exactly. him. Mm-hmm. And, then we'll and they make a film on the cheap. They get they get as much file footage and maybe they they get the Israeli Air Force to let them shoot some stuff with their F16s and they get it out the door faster. Yeah. But definitely the original idea is Top Gun. Well, and the thing that weirds me out further though is if you if you take it another step is that Iron Eagle has Lewis Gossett Jr. in it who is also an officer and a gentleman, and officer and a gentleman is also effectively the same movie as Top Gun, just without all the, the glitzy. There were a lot of movies that were basically Top Gun. Yeah. Well, but, but officer and a gentleman, like, super hardcore, because it's Richard Gere chasing the ghost of his dad, who was a former aviator. Uh, he's kind of cocky, hot, shoddy. Uh, he goes after the girl while he's in training. His best friend fucking dies during the course of it. I mean, it's just there's a lot of weird similarities. It's almost mm. like they just lifted shit. But of course, this is yeah. the same writing team that did things like Turner and Hooch. So you kind of have to take that at face value. Tom Hanks is Maverick <laughs> yeah, in Top Gun. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So is there anything anything else, sort of closing thoughts? Uh, I really. Doom, 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 doom. I don't really have anything. I mean, this, the movie speaks for itself, frankly. It's the top earner of 1986. It's 30 some odd years later, and we're still talking about it. It's included in the National mm. Film Registry now. So it's not going away ever, uh, and there's going to be a sequel. You know why it seems to last so long or age so well, however you want to put it? It's, it seems like it's all surface, but the more you dig into it, the more surface you find. 
So <laughs> I okay. think that's why. Yeah. I, I will. I, every time I've seen it, which is maybe five times now, uh, I definitely find something else that, uh, that I never saw before. So that's Top Gun. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Damn. All right, Chris, take us out. <laughs> okay, Riker, uh, Moose Knuckle. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. Who cares? <laughs> Your new nickname is uh, Fuck You. <laughs> hey, fuck you. Take us out. <laughs> I got him in my sights. I have tone. I'm taking the shot. This is a Magnificent Podcast, episode 12. Catch us on all our anti-social media, which we'll tell you about at the beginning of the show and at the end. But uh, just call us. Give us more ideas, please. So, Top Gun. I think we can all agree that Top Gun was a movie. And it was a movie that we watched several times, actually. And uh, you may have seen it, too. Probably a few times. So, if there's other things you want us to talk about, write us at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. If you don't have the patience for that, we're on Twitter at maghuge, and we're on Facebook as magnificentlyhuge. We're on Tumblr, but we never use it. I don't think most people do, except the ones who do. They use it a lot, the ones who use Tumblr. Um, but we don't. Write us and tell us what we should put on Tumblr. There's a thought. Or what we could do shows about. Viewer mail is really welcome because we don't get any. Technically, we don't get any viewer mail because nobody's viewing. Listener mail. Listener mail. We don't get any listener mail. And listener mail would be just tits if we could get any of that. Maybe we'll read it. We'll plug your stuff. There's a thought. Send us some listener mail and we'll plug your stuff. And um, that would be good, too. Uh, That's all I got.